0: We're going to go ahead and get started, and uh, I just wanted to share a couple things before we get into our lesson. I think we have time, but this was a list. Mend a quarrel, forgive an enemy, express appreciation, make or bake something for someone else anonymously, release a grudge, listen, listen. Smile, laugh a little, laugh a little more. Kneel down and pat a dog. Lessen your demands on others. Apologize if you were wrong. Pray for someone who helped you when you hurt. Encourage an older person. I like that one. And then he says at the end, that is Christianity, isn't it? And just some reminders, you know, that... We have so many opportunities while we're still here on this earth to live for the Lord and to reflect Him in all that we do and say. Well, should God call our name today through death or the rapture, are we ready? The time we spent this past week would it reflect that we're laying up treasures in heaven or on earth? This past month, did we reflect Jesus to that neighbor who has a dog that barks all night or spreads dollar weed from their lawn to yours? Over this past year, did you have an opportunity to help a brother or sister through a rough time and acted on it? Did we grow in our walk With Jesus when we leave this earth how will people remember us like a faithful prayer warrior like Daniel or one who forgives others like Joseph did with his brothers are courageous like David who stood before a mighty warrior giant with only a slingshot but the Lord beside him Are brave like Esther, who dared to go before the king without permission, risking her life for her people. Are courageous like Peter, who got out of the boat when the Lord said to him, Come. Are like Jonah, who tried to run from God, but was given a second chance to obey. We remember certain people by mentioning their name. And immediately their legacy comes to mind. For instance, when I mention Charles Schultz, what do we think of? Peanut. Peanuts. Or Billy Graham? Faith. Faith. Corey ten Boom? Survivor. Or Survivor. Pastor Charles Stanley, a Bible teacher and pastor who passed away last year. How do we spend our time, invest our energy, dedicate our focus? Hopefully not like the foolish rich man who wanted to build bigger barns as Pastor Jack shared this morning. He thought he had time to build bigger barns and the Lord said you're a fool because tonight you're going to die. Or do we want to be remembered like Paul, who was content in all circumstances, according to Philippians 4, and who struggled in his desire to be with the Lord rather than stay here on this earth. Every Father's Day, I recall the words to a secular song by Harry Chapin, Cats in the Cradle. And... Those who are old enough, uh, most of us remember that song. But it basically talks about a dad who had no time for his son. And he grew up. And later on, as he was retired, and I'll read the last bit. I've long since retired. My son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I can find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle, and the kids have the flu, but it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's sure been nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. Our study this morning is going to focus on a Bible character who lived out his legacy one day at a time, and his name was Enoch. Enoch. And his story is recorded in Genesis chapter 5, and our focus is going to be several verses in Genesis 5, as well as Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. And we're going to zoom in on three ways we should live, so we'll leave a legacy that honors God. So join me in Genesis chapter 5, and we're going to begin at verses Verse 21, and then we'll skip over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. Genesis 5, beginning of verse 21. Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And then look with me over at Hebrews chapter 11, beginning of verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Pause for a word of prayer before we look at these verses. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning, that we can look at those like Enoch, who gave for us an example of what kind of legacy we should leave behind as believers. I pray through your Holy Spirit that not only would we hear your word, but Father, we would apply it and we would allow it to penetrate our hearts. We thank you for what you are doing and will do. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the first way to leave a God-honoring legacy is by walking with God. By walking with God. Look with me back at Genesis 5, verse 22. It says, Then Enoch walked with God, 300 years, and he became the father of Methuselah. He walked with God. Verse 24, Enoch walked with God. What does that mean, to walk with God? It means to go forth on a journey, to, to step diligently and carefully and with perseverance. It's used in Genesis three eight. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. This is Adam and Eve. Genesis 6, 9. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Walk is used numerous times in the Psalms. For example, Psalm 1, 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Psalm twelve eight, the wicked walk and strut about on every side. Psalm fifteen two, he who walks with integrity and works righteousness. And then Psalm twenty three four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Walk has the idea of staying in step with God, like running in a group during PT in the military. And the leader calls out cadence to keep all of us in step as we run. At least that's the idea. God determines the pace and as the steps and the length of the steps as we're reminded in Isaiah 55, 8, 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Enoch walked in step with God as his children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren watched him. While I was stationed in Fort Ord, California, my family and I, as an army chaplain, was walking outside our headquarters at Fort Ord, where we were stationed, and one of our enlisted men, A corporal offered a little girl a coat as the fog that came in during the day came in and it suddenly got very cold. And he offered a coat, a corporal offered this little girl a coat and it suddenly was cold and she was cold. And she turned to this corporal and asked him, Are you God? That's the example that we want to set every day before those who are watching because someone is always watching. There's a story told of a man in the Midwest who had a drinking problem and he headed to the local bar and as he trudged across a field in the snow, he heard loud breathing behind him and he saw and turned and saw his six-year-old trying to walk behind him, putting his shoes inside his dad's boots. He stopped And his son said, I want to follow you, Daddy. From that point on, with God's help, that dad quit drinking. Walking with God, I'm reminded of the words to an old hymn entitled, In the Garden. And here's what it says. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses, And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I hope that's true in our lives every day, that we walk with the Lord, and we're in step with him. We must be careful where we go, what we watch, who we hang out with, and and rather focus on obeying God's word and living a life pleasing to him. As Pastor Steve has reminded us in the last week, we need to be using the spiritual gifts God has given us. Remember, each of us has at least one, and we need to be using them for each other's sake. And God tells us, to use those gifts. Walking with God includes keeping our divine appointments every day. Those interactions God has coming our way, whether it's bumping carts with someone while shopping at Publix or in the waiting room at the doctor's office or that encounter with our neighbor who's taken trash to the road for the next day pickup, are those that we would meet on the Pinellas Trail. It doesn't matter. God has appointments set up for us. Every day, as I was reminding while serving as a chaplain at Pinellas County Jail, I would remind those men and sometimes those women, God has set up even divine appointments there, whether it's to pray for somebody, whether it's to encourage someone. And again, I won't take a, Oh, I won't make you raise. How many get too much encouragement? How many give too much encouragement? Can we give enough? Can we receive enough? And I believe God brings people into our lives and puts us in the lives of others to encourage others. A kind word. Sometimes say, I'm praying for you and put your arm around someone and say, I love you in the Lord. You're in my prayers today. How often do we get maybe prompted? We know somebody's going through a tough time that we can't text somebody and say, I just prayed for you. Does that mean something? When we know somebody is praying for us, do we need it? We never can get enough of it. And while we're alive here on this earth, we have those opportunities to pray for each other. The first way we can live a God-honoring life and leave a legacy worthy of the Lord is by walking with God every day. The second way is shared in Hebrews 11, verse 5. And look with me over, back over here to the New Testament. Hebrews 11, verse 5. The second part of verse 5, here's what it says. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. A testimony that pleased God. Enoch lived a life of faith in God. He obeyed and trusted in him like Noah in Genesis 6, when the rest of the world, save his own family, lived in every form of sin like Daniel who trusted God that he would deliver his people after 70 years of captivity. So he kept praying even when it was against the law. God's stamp of approval was on Enoch's life. As God's word tells us, David was approved as a man after God's own heart. Was he perfect? No. But did he trust in God? Did he have faith in God? Noah found favor, approval in the eyes of the Lord. Job was approved as blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Was Enoch perfect? No way. Did he seek each day to obey God and reflect his faith to those around him? Absolutely. Our goal in life should be that someday Jesus will say to us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. To enter heaven's gates and bow before the throne of God, will be shouting, I believe, Holy, Holy, Holy. We can never say that enough. But God, who loves us and saved us, Faith in God is the key to a testimony pleasing to him. Hebrews 11 is full of examples, and we're looking here at Enoch in verses 5 and 6. We must never forget God sees all that we do and where and when we spend our time. Remember, all worldly riches are going to pass away. Treasures in heaven will never pass away. And as I was looking at this text, most of you probably remember there was a song written by Ray Boltz years ago called Thank You. And it just makes us look again of laying treasures up in heaven. I dreamed I went to heaven and you were there with me. We walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing, then someone called your name you turned and saw this young man, and he was smiling as he came. And he said, friend, you may not know me now. And then he said, but wait, you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. And every week you would say a prayer. And one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Then another man stood before you and said, Remember the time a missionary came to your church and his pictures made you cry? You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave, and that's why I'm here today. One by one, far as the eye could see, each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices made, unnoticed on the earth, and heaven now proclaimed. And I know up in heaven you're not supposed to cry, but I am almost sure there were tears in your eyes as Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord. He said, my child look around you great is your reward That song was years ago but it still touches my life it reminds me that we have one time to live on this earth and live for the Lord Verse 6 of Hebrews 11 gives us features of Enoch's faith that resulted In him having a testimony pleasing to God. Verse 6 And without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Enoch believed that the true God exists. That's the first part of his faith. Although believing this won't save someone, But if it is a true conviction and followed up, will lead to full faith. Even with all the natural, scientific, and rational evidences of God, acknowledging him demands faith. Enoch also sought God's reward. Verse 6 says, He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Enoch believed that God rewards those who seek him. Our reward for our faith in him is what? It's salvation. In faith, we receive forgiveness, a new heart, eternal life, joy, peace, love, heaven, everything from him. Enoch, thirdly, he walked with God as we already established. All of us as believers should walk with God every day on this earth. And when we get to heaven, we will walk with him forever. Praise God, that's our hope. Fourth, there's reconciliation being implied in this prophet's testimony. Amos 3.3 3 tells us, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Two cannot walk together in fellowship unless they are agreed. Since Enoch was reconciled with God, he could walk with him, and so can we. Final feature of Enoch's faith is implied is that Enoch and God had corresponding natures. When we're saved, Peter reminds us in 2 Peter 1.4, we become partakers of the divine nature. Since Enoch walked with God, he must have a nature corresponding to God. To have a pleasing testimony, according to commentator Homer Kent, means to walk before him in uprightness and obedience, to respond to his overtures and trust his guidance. Do we trust God that he knows what he's doing? that he doesn't make mistakes, that his way is always right. We quote Romans 8.28, that all things will work together for good. Do we really believe that? Then we should be living it as well. So the first way to leave a legacy that honors and glorifies God is by walking with God. The second is by a testimony that pleases God, and the final way, the third way, to leave a legacy that honors God is by stepping heavenward. Stepping heavenward. Going back here to Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And then we also go back here to Hebrews. I know we're flipping back and forth. I apologize. But this is all about Enoch. It says there, the first part of verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him. What does that mean, God took him? That means he grabbed him. He seized him, literally, he snatched him. And I picture Enoch taking a little jump forward. He's walking with the law with the Lord. He's walking every day, step in step, and then the Lord kind of grabs him and whoa, boy, right into heaven. I picture it this way. With my youngest son, grandson, Kenny. And I've got his hand and Three-year-old Kenny's got Pop-Pop's hand and we're walking and we see a mud puddle. And I kind of pull him a little bit and he hops over, hopefully, and doesn't get his shoe in that mud pit that kids love. But that's how I picture it. Enoch walking with God and then God grabbed him, a little tighter hold, and right through heaven's gates. That's what we should be doing, we should be ready that, as we're walking with God every day, that if He grabs us, he'll grab us either through death or through the rapture, we'll meet him up in the air, but we'll go into heaven and be with him forever. When God calls us to do something for him, do we make excuses? Or respond like Samuel, here I am. Or Nehemiah, when God called him to return to Jerusalem to lead the rebuilding of the wall. Nehemiah didn't say, well, I need to get this done first. He said, I'll go when you call me to go. Or in Isaiah 6, verse 8, when God said, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then Isaiah said, here am I, send me. I will do what you're asking me to do. Why did God wait 365 years according to verse 23 of Genesis 5 to take him to heaven? We don't know. But we know Enoch's mission in life on earth was over and God chose to take him directly to heaven and not die first. First. We know according to Jude 14 and 15, Enoch preached judgment to those around him, that if you continue to rebel, you continue to turn away from God, that judgment will come. We know that Enoch lived a godly testimony before his great-great-great-great-grandchildren. He walked with God on a daily basis. And he left a legacy that we remember even today. How about us? If we were called to walk through heaven's gates today, what kind of legacy would we leave behind? How would family and friends remember us? Would others say we walked with God, had a God-honoring testimony, and were stepping heavenward and laying our treasures up in heaven? If we could change anything about our present walk with God, what would it be? Only with God's help can we make needed changes, and we have to ask God to help us so we can walk with God like this prophet. Please, with God's help, make needed changes today before it's too late. And before we close on this study, I want to share a reminder From Dondre Sanders, who she's serving time at the Big Muddy Correctional Center in Ena, Illinois. Here's what she puts down in words that I think is a challenge for us. It's entitled, More Christlike. Show me the way, show me the light, help me, Father, to be more Christlike. Let's come as one, as one we come together, for he is good, his faithful love endures forever. The light is Christ, and Christ is the way, so it is true for when God says, come, take my hand, and I'll show you the way, for I am the potter and you are the clay. He took me broken To make me whole. He filled my heart with love. To save my soul. Why did God choose me? Because I was his. He gave me life. A more meaningful way. To live. He showed me the way. He showed me the light. My father helped me. Be more Christ like. May that be our prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the testimony for the life of Enoch who walked with you every day, had his faith in you step by step, and one day, Lord, you grabbed him a little tighter and ushered him into heaven's gates. Father, may that be the picture of our life whether you call us home through death or through the rapture, Lord, help us to be ready. Help us today even be walking step by step. Walk with you hand in hand. And Father, that we would, as we were reminded this morning by Pastor Jack, consult you first before we make plans. Look to you first and let you direct our paths so that we don't stray so we don't end up in the ditch, rather than be living a life that's pleasing to you. And Father, challenge us, and with your help, change our lives as needed. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Have a great week.